Welcome to Emil Franzink's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. Boy, howdy, that is a true statement. Or in today's case, we featured hatters instead of lawyers. Yeah, exactly. Our guest today is uh, from uh, is the owner of Baron Hats, Mark Mejia, and uh, we'll get to him in just a moment. But first, you've got a birthday to talk well, about. Well, I like kind of tradition. People honor the people that made the movie industry work. And on this particular day, a fellow named L.Q. Jones was born. Hey, I love L.Q. He, he is was, one of my favorite oh, he's such extras. A, he's such a crazy... <laughs> he is crazy. I doubled him on a show, and he was a nice man. I made extra money because of him. Nice. That's very good. Um, I got a, a, a... I don't do this very often, or in fact, maybe never, but today I'm going to uh, offer up some free stuff here mm. uh, because I had my automobile, my truck repaired, and I finally had it repaired correctly <laughs> after going to a couple of different, well, one different place who really screwed up my vehicle. Unmentionable. Uh, well, I won't even mention, but the initials are P-A-W, <laughs> so you can figure that one out. Especially if you listen to this. Yeah, it's Perfection Auto Works, all right? Oh, I never heard of it. Yeah, I never heard of them either, not anymore, but... Um, my mechanic is uh, Aaron's Affordable Auto Repair. Uh, Aaron, is, I've known Aaron a long time. My late son-in-law trained Aaron to be a mechanic. So I know that he has what it takes and does it right. And by God, he did it right. I got my brake job done correctly. He even straightened my steering wheel because when I was over at the other place, uh, they pulled the steering wheel and put it on cockeyed. I mean, it's an aesthetic thing, okay, but, you know. And they also broke my hood, hood uh, latch to get into the hood, and they broke my trailer brake. So I don't go to that place anymore. No Aaron's more, is no the only more. place. Now, I'm going to tell you, you drive down to Tucson, whatever time of the year it happens, it can break down. Your car can break down. Aaron's is the place to go. He's at 1201 North Miracle Mile. His phone number, 520-406-1135. And he's not open on Saturdays or Sundays. Um, he, he will get you in. He will do you right. He is very, very competitive prices, and uh, he'll, he'll work with you. And uh, you will not go wrong, I guarantee it. That was a very emotional and heartfelt endorsement. Well, you know, cars break and they have to go someplace. Regard and oh, he's also on the web at uh, Aaron'sAffordableAuto.com. Um, so I highly recommend you check him out. Uh, great stuff, man. So, Mark, if your car breaks down, have him tow it over here to Tucson. <laughs> No, I that's took a, notes of it. I took notes. That's only if he's in Tucson. Oh, be a, be a big-time tow bill unless insurance pays for it. Anyway, Mark Mejia, he is the owner of Barron's, Barron Hats. I keep wanting to say Barron's with an apostrophe, but it was started by Eddie Barron a long, long time ago. And uh, tell us about Eddie Barron. Well, first of all, Mark, welcome to the show. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Pleasure to be with you. And, and uh, talk about Eddie Barron. So Eddie Barron worked uh, at Western Costume in the late 50s and, and early 60s. And he uh, was one of the principal hat makers there. He was, he was also uh, being trained by a gentleman in, from Germany that was a German hat maker that was mm-hmm. working at Western Costume. And he, is, he was up in his years and getting ready to... Uh, retire. So Eddie was um, working underneath his uh, stewardship for many years. And as he retired, that gentleman retired, Eddie took over and worked at Western Costume. And simultaneously, simultaneously, he started his own business in his garage doing a little bit of hat work on the side. Mm-hmm. Continued working at Western Costume and began uh, his own, um, his own uh, hat mini hat shop in his garage on the side wow. doing his own little small work well and he emigrated uh, to the united states from columbia south america right yeah so eddie eddie was uh, was an immigrant right from from columbia in columbia there's a lot of hat making industry I'll bet. Don't, yeah yeah you didn't i don't know if people knew that but they 
a lot of the big straw hat industry. There's a lot of felt hat industry. There's mm-hmm. factories. There's felt factories that actually, just like what we have here, down there that build the, the bodies and things like that. And there's a lot of palm straw and Panama straw type straw, mm-hmm. similar to what's in Ecuador. So the hat industry is quite prolific in in, in Colombia. Well, isn't it true too that you kind of got your interest in hat making on a trip down there in the straws? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So my 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 beginning it was was in what we call the Monte Cristis, which is the the world's finest Panama hats. Monte Cristis is a small mm-hmm. town in Ecuador, and uh, that's where you find the world's finest Panama hats. That's where they're hand woven. I I mm-hmm. found an interest in that. I thought it was fascinating, and I, I did take a trip down there. Um, with a friend of mine, and, and I was fascinated by just the skill level, just the artistry of those folks that, that actually hand weave those hats anywhere from six months to uh, to three weeks. It, it, um, it's, it's like uh, cigar, Cuban cigar rollers or any cigar roller. Uh, it, it's not it's, something you pick up. Yeah, you, you, you have to, <laughs> you, you got to apprentice and then. Uh, then you may get to do a particular cigar, but the the best one to do is the torpedo. And uh, when you get to that level, you're a, you are a cigar maker. Do yeah. you make a torpedo hat? <laughs> you probably could. <laughs> <laughs> We've done a lot of crazy different projects. Let me yeah. tell you. I'll I bet agree. you have. You've owned the yeah. you've owned the the the, bu- the business since what since ninety five ninety five. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you, you, right. you apprenticed uh, with Eddie. Tell us, yes, right. Tell us how that happened, yeah. how it came about. Uh, well, I mean, the story basically was is that I used I was working for LA Unified School District for about twelve years, and and I was in the science department by education, and I was basically looking at our department and closing. Basically, we're out of, running out of funding. The mm-hmm. National Science Foundation was window was was i could see the handwriting on the wall in the next five six seven years it was going to run out of funding probably and so i began to search and to think about what i was going to do at that point go back to school or or try to rethink what i'm going to do at that point and um i uh i had a friend of mine that was in the hat business in new york in new york city and he he and i started a small company on the side while i was still working at la unified school district and we uh he did. Um, he was um, in the Panama hat world as well, so he had, was well versed much more than I. And he's the one that introduced me to that. So we started a small business and ran an ad in the Rob Report, and um, and we we did quite well in the very beginning. Um, I I was funding the um, the advertisement. He was making the hats and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But because in those days, in the early '90s, there was no the internet. There was wasn't right. it just it was we were faxing with the old thermal paper that used to curl up, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. And it, it just logistically was just just difficult. It, yeah. it just was difficult. So we decided to separate ways, and he was going to keep his hat company in New York City, and I was going to try to find possibly find some blocks here and do it on my own here and stay at the school district and mm-hmm. and so forth. And so uh, I found uh, Eddie Barron's hat shop, uh, and, and I went and talked to him, and he wasn't at that time really interested in selling. He was thinking about retirement. He was about at that that in that area, just mm-hmm. about ready to. Mm-hmm. But so he allowed me to apprentice underneath him. And wow. um, I went in and I, you know, swept the floors and mopped the floors and all of those things, you know. And I just, you know, I just, uh, I studied and looked in and and I just saw a tremendous amount of potential with that little hat shop. You know, he, um, he, I just saw so much good, so much good that could be done. You know, he was basically a a one-man show for the most part. His Mm -hmm. wife was at the counter, his daughter was sewing. He had basically, not basically, he had one sewing machine, Mm -hmm. uh, old, uh, as a console, cylinder arm, which was all he really needed, and that's all he, you know, he wasn't mm-hmm. aspiring to become anything more than that. Mm-hmm. And and I just saw a huge potential, and he was willing to open the door for me, and that's basically where I was at. And then in 1995, he uh, he, he said if, you know, he wanted to make an offer, he, he would be willing to exit. Wow. 
Well, let me ask you this, because it seems to me that, like, your, you know, your science background would actually Help. be, be an, an yeah. enhancement because so much of the stuff that goes in there, while it's hands-on and technical, it's, angles. it's, still, it's, still, <laughs> it's still you're dealing with, you know, sure. in, different, yeah. different elements, yeah. Oh, that's 100%. I mean, what we do today is nothing, nothing, nothing near what we did uh, in 1995, let me tell you, we 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 custom dye hats, which take that. That's a chemical art in itself. Just yeah. the, the science of dyeing, just mm-hmm. just that. I'm just talking about the dyeing part of it. I mean, it's very very difficult to 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 dye hats um, uh, unless you're on a commercial level where you have big uh, big equipment, mm-hmm. big operate, and you have a you know experience. That is that that's a science and i'm doing it all every every week we're really? somewhere so i don't like to, uh, just between us is it's, it's, it's so mm-hmm. difficult and it's mm-hmm. so time consuming and you're dealing and it's with very, fibers yeah and and it's not just like dyeing a piece of ribbon or a piece of a cloth right mm-hmm. it's totally different we're talking about five six seven ounces of fur and and so that has takes the absorption rate that is, and we go back to science. That's all part of that to see, just to be able to add those equations together to see about how much color you're going to need for that particular absorption. It's totally different, and I I do say that it's so much more difficult than fabric. And I'm not saying lightly about fabric. I'm yeah. just saying just the thickness and the consideration you sure. have to take yeah. when you're dyeing felt because it sucks up so much uh, uh, color. Yeah, fading right? and whatnot. What yeah, was, I mean, does that make yeah, sense, right? Yeah, no, it does. Saying. Yeah. What was the first hat you made? Uh, I mean, I mean, uh, on, on a big, I mean, you know, one uh, of the w- very first w- jobs. With, w- as, as we graduated from apprentice to hat maker, what was the first one oh, that you did? I, I did a comics hat for myself. I did a, out of 100% beaver. I made a, you know, a... a a comics crease with the you know a, you know gus crease with the pencil roll and kind of crank the brim down in the front and not and trying to get a little you might see some a little bit of attitude you know? <laughs> todd so. roberts you got a question in there well <clears throat> i guess my biggest question for mark would be in regards to uh and i've been to mark's shop several times and seen all his machinery and so on but what's the What's the one thing that has stayed the same if I had gone into a hat shop 150 years ago compared to now? And what's the biggest change from your shop to a shop from 150 years ago? Mm. Question. Well, uh, I mean, you know, basically, I mean, if you had, I mean, you, we have a conformature. I have a conformature. So you would find a conformature in most hat shops. They had a conformature. Reputable hat shops would have a conformature, a vermilion. Those would make the impressions to make the blocks. You're going to find wooden blocks, right? We have the wooden blocks, just like we just let, same thing you would see. We have irons that are 100 years old or older. Wow. Um, our equipment is, and you have you haven't seen everything, Todd, but I can say that I have, for example, if you went into a hat shop that made real, it was a real hat shop. You would find it's a. It's a. It is a iron to iron top hats to make uh, to. It's a, it's a little, and I never take that stuff out. It's in my it's in my personal collection. But it's an iron that you would find at a top at a shop in the 1800s that would actually re reshine the hat hmm. for people that we knew how to recondition and refurbish top hats. Wow. Kerosene. We have kerosene. I don't use it that much, but we do have it. Um, and I get those are some of the things you find common thread that we'd find that are hundred years old. You will that's you've seen it. It's a lot of it, Todd. You've seen some of those machines. You the irons are every bit of that. The blocks, every, a lot of those are at least at least that. Um, those are things that you would have found just like you would have found in a hot hat shop that that long ago. That all those cool. wooden molds. That is all the, cool. <laughs> you know, I- I want to I want to kind of go back into the past a little bit here because and talk about a very very famous hat, the yellow hat and Curious George, because I I was reading and it says that you you know you hired to make that hat and I'm going well wait a minute that's an animated movie so I did my digging and found out that originally it was supposed to be a live action movie, uh, with animation in it, but that hat itself you know, uh, is so iconic. Uh, is there any story? You have any stories to go along with that one? 
Um, well, I can tell you along those lines, right? If, if um, the, the Curious George hat, we made the hat for the movie. Um, uh, that, that not the animation part of it, but what happens many times, and I'll, I'll use another example, is Toy Story. Um, Jesse, the character Jesse, um, with the little red hat with the whip stitch, that white whip mm -hmm, stitch. Mm -hmm. So that hat was made for Mattel. They actually had a physical hat made, took it way back when it was early in, in, in animation. I say early in that kind of animation. What they were doing was taking that hat, digitizing it, and mm -hmm. making it into an animated hat. And they turned it from the live one that I made for Mattel um, at that time. Uh, that we made, there was, there was, real yellow hats for the premiere for the characters we made the hats for that movie mm. for the actual some of the people that walked down the red carpet I don't know there's probably pictures you could probably dig it up but we made several of them one for I don't know the principal I think I, I can't remember who played him but one for we made we made many mm. many of those that's cool <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, we're going to take our first commercial break. Uh, we are talking with Mark Mejia, owner of Baron Hats in <coughs> Hollywood. It's Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander in Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts. We're streaming from the White Stallion Ranch. We'll be right back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I, Miss Wilkinson, is now Wilkinson Wealth Management, 7411 East Tank of Verde in Tucson, 520-777-1911. Watch Old West silent movies anytime at VoicesOfTheWest.net We all make promises, big and small. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. I do solemnly swear to help you when you're in need. To be considerate and caring. To be your loving, faithful friend, partner, child, parent, neighbor. One of our most important commitments is to support our nation's veterans. Learn how you can help a veteran going through a difficult time by visiting maketheconnection.net. Well, Doc, there must be somebody lying sick or bleeding around here. Well, now, if you just can't stand to see me getting a few minutes hard-earned rest, why don't you go out and shoot somebody? This is the Voices of the West. Francie's Voices of the West, and yes, I had to do it. <laughs> yep, I just had to do it because our guest is Mark Mejia of Baron Hats in downtown Los Angeles. A mad hatter. Yeah, well, I don't know if he's a mad hatter. He sounds rather sane. Yeah. <laughs> you know how that came about? What's that? Mad hatter? No. It was because, and I think Mark can verify that, is back in the early days when they, they used a lot of mercury. Well, that'll make you mad. And the fumes and stuff, and a lot of hatters, you know, you got a little squirrely after a while. Let's talk about the culture of the hat. Back 
I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know when hats were were started to become fashionable. Mesopotamia. I'm, yeah, is Egypt. that a fact? Egypt. Is that a fact? No, ask best the man. He'll tell you. <laughs> All right. What about that? What uh, the culture of the hat? When did we when did we start looking at wearing hats? And why did we start wearing hats? I think the answer to that is obvious, but. Yeah, I mean, it goes back as far as that. Of course, if you see the headdresses, you know, you could use that as an example. Okay. So the headdresses that were worn in Egypt, it, it, it takes status and, 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 and dictated where you were at in, the, in that particular culture. So they, they, they go back and... and, and Look like a sphinx. <laughs> sphinx. Yeah. But the, the culture of the hat, everybody used to wear hats. I, I mean, still do, every well, day. Well, not all the time, though. I mean... Every it, day. When... Okay, well, let, let's look at the Old West, <laughs> oh, all right? Wow. And almost everyone is wearing a hat. Rarely do you see someone who is not wearing a hat. And, I, I, yeah, okay, it's to protect you from the weather, the sun. I understand that. Go ahead. You know, it's one of the interesting... You're right, you know, because of the elements, you, that's why you wore them. But also in the culture of the West, when you came indoors, you took the hat off. Yes. Which is not true anymore today. Well, yeah, that, that's very true that because we're no longer Victorian. <laughs> Should be. Yeah. But uh, so that culture of the hat and then, I mean, they were prevalent in the 20s, obviously, uh, in the 30s, the 40s, 50s started the hat, started going away, 60s. Uh, forget about it. Seventies, eighties, and nineties, and, and the such. baseball cap. The baseball cap is really, what replaced the. That's the number one hat in the world. It, now. Yeah, is what replaced the, uh, the 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 cowboy hat, the fedora, the Panama, or whatever. There's no comparison. We we'll talk about that, Mark. Yeah, well, I mean, hats started falling out of you know because of Kennedy, and that was the primary reason that they, yeah. that was mm-hmm. the, the primary reason. I think everybody knows that, or they if they don't. But he didn't wear one at his inauguration, and right. so that was pretty much the end of that. That mm-hmm. was the, the it was already on its way out, and then after that, that was pretty much the end of that until about. Uh, we should judge our presidents by whether they wear a top hat or not. <laughs> <laughs> or, or any hat, any, uh, yeah. <laughs> for that matter. I mean, Ronald yeah. Reagan wore a, a cowboy hat. Teddy Roosevelt wore a cowboy hat. FDR yep. wore the the top yeah. hat to the inauguration. So did uh, uh, Truman and Eisenhower. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Classic. Yep. <laughs> well, let's, I'm, I want to go to something here. Uh, a, a hat that just I, I'm it's I don't know how to phrase this, but it's a hat that was so unique and. I thought in some ways it might start a fashion trend, but in true get, uh, Holly Steinfeld, Maddie Ross, had that hat that she wore, and mm-hmm. I understand that you worked with Mary Zofies in the design and making of that hat. That's correct. That's true. Yes, I made it. And what, yeah, we, what do you think? true grit. Yeah, I, I always thought that hat would take off, you know, because it, it's Western. You know, I thought some of the some of the gals that uh, wear cowboy hats would go for it. My wife has been trying to find one of those mm-hmm. for makes them, but well, I, you know, yeah, now we know that. Yeah, but it's like, <laughs> why didn't it? Well, I got good news for you. I think I know a hat maker who can make her one. Hey, cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's just yeah. funny. It's just strange how things take off and they don't. You know, you, you 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 think. I thought a lot of things that we did in the past would have been the thing that would have really taken off, but you just never know. That's uh, true. You just never know. Uh, Is there a favorite style of hat that you? Uh, create uh, over some other style. I mean, do you, is there one that you like working on? I mean, I like them all. I mean, they all have their own personality mm-hmm. because they all have, they all say or speak something about what the time period they're from, what they, what, the, what it, what it significant, what it, what it says about that person that wears it, mm-hmm. or who's wearing it, the color of it. So I don't. They, there's so many different variables, you know, and it's, it's. Um, you, you made the uh, the hat for Indiana Jones, correct? Yes. No, we we I worked on that on oh, okay. on several of those. Eddie Barron worked on Indiana Jones okay. and the Temple of Doom. I can't tell you I, what I will never say is anything I didn't do. I, I just yeah. don't do that, <laughs> yeah. or I just you know for obvious reasons. I just I you know I I will tell you what I did do. Okay, 
and and you know I did re- I did reblock all the knots for the last crusade for the last one. Uh, uh, I didn't do anything on the latest, the newest movie. Eddie Barron worked on, from what he told me, is something he did on 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 um, on uh, on in the Temple of Doom. Mm-hmm. That's what I can tell you about the indie hat. Well, the, I'm, yeah, the indie hat is just so iconic. Know, there's a side because when I was looking up Mark, I, I came across this, and it was a little little bit on the indie indie hats mm-hmm. and they went through quite a quite a bit of different changes they all look pretty much the same mm-hmm. but the hat band might be thicker mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. pinch might be thinner or mm-hmm. thicker uh, the crown might and you know and it's funny as a person seeing the movies I never noticed that I'd never noticed it either and I've seen them all except the um, latest one which I won't even bother with um, <laughs> yeah and I, I got uh, an uh, Indiana Jones hat. Uh, after I did my little stint at archaeology school. <laughs> <laughs> well, hmm. you know, I, I had a friend, it was a friend of mine, he was a hatter, or actually a, excuse me, a wardrobe man. Uh, I worked, I, I kind of helped him on one show, just, I was doing other stuff, but I had free time. Eddie Armand, did you ever come across Eddie? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a guy. Yes. Nice, sweet man. Nice guy, yeah. Mm-hmm. I got yes. I've got one of his hats. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and he used to make them for Audie Murphy, and his mm-hmm. his hat was I mean his hat. His wife was one of the top uh, designers in the motion picture business. Yes, she specialized in westerns. Mm-hmm. And I yes, got to know them a little bit. And, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I I, nice. lo- I love hats. I, I collect them as many as I. Well, as many as will fit in the closet, which is <laughs> that many now. Uh, Put them on the wall. I know, I know. I, you know, I just moved, I and so I have to do on that. The wall, and I got thirteen hats on it. Yeah, I, I, I have. Western. I have my cowboy hat. I'm wearing my cowboy hat today. Yes, you are. Uh, mm. My resist all, and mm-hmm. it's a, a John the John Wayne collection resist all. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I've got Name my dropper. Indiana, huh? Name dropper. I uh, thank you. I have my uh, Indiana Jones uh, archaeologist hat. I have uh, a standard fedora. I just love Don't fedoras. Don't Mickey Mouse hat. Don't have one of those anymore. Uh, and then bunches years. of ball caps. <laughs> bunches of ball caps and uh, a couple of military hats and such. But, yeah, love them. I want to read something here for, and it was on one of your sites. I don't know if it's it's a, it's a quote from you or just uh, some kind of commentary, but it is the sure sign of professionalism is when something looks easy. It works so well on the character that you give little thought to all that went into its creation. This is such a hat. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay, let's let's get technical for a minute. Felt quality, 100% rabbit, 100% beaver. Uh, tell us about uh, the materials that go into the hats, felt quality and such. I mean, primarily hats are made out of uh, four or five different things. I mean, in different countries, they do use different blends and things like that, but a lot of animals can be used. Uh, nutria. Rabbit, beaver. I saw I saw mink. Uh, uh, cashmere mentioned, and that, that yeah, that mm-hmm. I was going. It's such a soft thing. How yeah, do you make a hat out of soft. cashmere? How do you yeah, make I mean, a hat out of cashmere? I mean, it's just like it's the same thing, you know. Like a buffalo, they make hats out of buffalo fur. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, it, it it's basically the same process, right? So it all gets it all gets blown in in a, in, a, in a room onto a onto a cone, basically. This is just the the the, the Cliff Notes version of it, but uh-huh. basically, all any of those furs are are feltable. Hmm. If even if they're blended, so you can have, for example, what they call beaver blend. Well, that's fifty percent rabbit, fifty percent beaver, or you can have a hundred percent beaver, hmm. or you can have a hundred percent buffalo. Um, and, and so they, you can have different furs, and it goes through the basically the same felting process. It gets felted into a cone, and then from there, there's several steps that happen beyond that, um, and it gets, um, and then it gets. Uh, it um, it gets felted down with heat and steam, basically heat and steam, heat and steam. Hats start their their 
their life out uh, about four feet tall hmm. um, when they first could, when, when they when the fur is very very loose, and then from that it gets compressed and over those processes onto a smaller cone, and then onto a smaller cone. So yeah. when when you mix the 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 beaver with the rabbit, for example, how is how does that process work? I mean, you, you put them to, yeah. just put them together and do it, or or what? No, it's in it's in it's into it's it's they it, it, they go through carding system, which kind of goes into where they shake out all the imperfections and the the things that are in the fur, okay. and that all gets shaken down, and and just they want the pure fiber of the of the fur itself and it just it's just as simple as this you take two handfuls of beaver fur you take two handfuls of to make it simple for everybody to understand and you throw it into the hopper and that that that's 50 50 so that's half of it is 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 beaver fur and half of it is rabbit fur and and then it gets and it gets blown around and uh, and well tell us the the difference mm -hmm. between outer fur and inner fur because as i understand the inner fur locks together much better it's more like a velcro thing yeah, well, outer fur is not going to. The hairs aren't, aren't possible. You know, you can't. You know, it's mo- out of the most of the, the skin. There's very little bit of it. I don't know the percentage off the top, but there's. You know, you don't. You don't get the percentage is very small about the fur that's actually usable. Most of that fur, that long hair, isn't isn't usable in the felting process. It gets discarded, and only the underbelly or under 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 down of the felt fur itself gets used in the in the felting process. The rest of it's too coarse to make any any good of it. Well, tell us about the conformator, because you know, that's, uh, I guess, one of the most important parts or tools of your trade. Uh, and then, of course, steam head, blocking machine, irons, all the equipment. i got a ton of stuff here. I'm trying to keep it simple, though. Uh, the conformator is a device that was made. It was invented by Alain Millard in France in the late 1800s and it's uh, basically a, a system that goes on your head and it's got all these wooden fingers right and so when you push it down on your head it makes an impression of your head basically uh, and then there's a piece of paper that goes in the top of that so you put and there's a little trap door that kind of falls down and you push these two little eggs together and it makes these little bitty dots inside on the on the on a card right and then that is cut out and then that goes into a formalion and the formalion actually will will actually make the actual shape basic shape and size of the hat to hmm. fit you wow well tell us about steam heads you know um uh, i mean i i i can tell you about ours everybody <laughs> uses something a little bit different i okay. mean ours ours are Nobody I've spoken to that has ever seen anything like them. They're oddball. They're I think Eddie had them made in a foundry or something. I nobody's ever seen them that's been repaired them or any mechanic. They're big aluminum, minor aluminum, and they're um, they got hundreds of little holes in them, and they're facing downward. And they it looks like um, like uh, like an upside down spoon kind of like. And and then mine is I wrap mine in, in. in cloth and, and 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 cotton, and to disperse the steam, and I, I it's the way I was taught, and so that's why I, I've been using it ever since. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys use different types of steam pots, and they go the steam going upward. My steam goes downward. Hmm. Yeah, on that, the old time cowboy, they just used the old steam kettle, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Sure, they, even yeah, it's just an open pot of water with the steam. Yeah, any any of that works fine. I mean for. Uh, any of the folks that want to do their own, you know, hat shaping, and you know, a lot of guys do. They just take a, just literally a, a steam kettle or a pot of boiling water and just run the hat over three or four times and soften that fur and and uh, do your own shaping. Well, yeah. Interesting. Our guest is Mark Mejia, Baron Hats, uh, from uh, Los Angeles. And uh, we're, we're talking about hats, of course, here on Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. It is time for the other next commercial break here. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts with you. We will be right back after these important messages. 
Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year, we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Ole Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 ski fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting plays courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSki.com. I've been driving trucks for a long time. Safety is my number one priority. I know that my truck has huge blind spots. That's why I remember to check my mirrors often for smaller vehicles. Everyone can help keep our roads safe. Next time you're behind the wheel, try to avoid lingering in those blind spots. It can be dangerous. Let's all plan to share the road safely. Learn how at www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. Hi, my name is Roberta Shore, and I play Betsy on The Virginian, and I'd like to invite you all to listen to Voices of the West. We're back on Emil Francis' Voices of the West. Harry Alexander Bunker to France and Todd Roberts with you. Uh, we're live streaming to you from the White Stallion Ranch. And, um, yes. And um, our guest is Mark Mejia of uh, Baron Hats. And uh, I got to play that uh, high chaparral theme there uh, because Mr. DeFrance here was on 52 of those episodes of uh, that great television show. Did you make any hats for them? Uh, Eddie Barron did. He, Eddie Barron worked on a lot of those hats. Um, and uh, I, we uh, were trying to think of one something uh, recently that's... Uh, Hmm? I'm, trying to think of, I'm just trying to think of a west a western that was along in the, in the um, well, you, uh, did, you did the mag seven magnificent seven the series yes yes right right yeah i mean westerns recent you know did uh, uh some of the older ones or the newer ones which you're talking about uh yeah. some of the i mean we did some we did some fascinating projects you know just with um James Arness, in fact, we his widow just called just recently called me, and hmm. uh, I'm going to be working on some hats for him. That's one for, of the great hats her. of all time. His hat, of course, he had the perfect head for it. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, he was such a gentleman. We 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 had a deal together. We did some a limited edition for him uh, before he passed away, and uh, his widow reached out recently just to. I'm going to do some freshening up on some of his hats uh, for them. What's the yeah. largest hat size that you've ever made, Mark? Uh, Richard Keel, probably. Uh, remember the guy who played George? You know, <laughs> the guy who played Jaws. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Probably, yeah, yeah. That was probably he had uh, a type of s- syndrome. I don't remember the name of yeah, it offhand, but you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. That was that was huge. I mean, I've done, but I've done bigger than that. I mean, that's for a real person. But we've done yeah. many hats for. I mean, and then there's current things that we've done that's kind of fun. Um, like it has for uh, no, like for real. I mean, there's a there's a series called Orville. With um, we made it happen. One of the characters, he's the one, like a space guy. Oh yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh-huh. called that. That's that. We did the hat for that, and uh-huh. and we've done hats like that that are very oversized. You know, larger than than a real perfect larger person was. <laughs> yeah, larger than like yeah, right. Larger than life. How about the smallest hat size for an adult? Oh, probably six and five eighths. Um, That'd be a bull rider. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bull rider. <laughs> <laughs> is that because they they smash their head falling no, off no, in the bowl? It's, it's just a rodeo joke, you know. <laughs> what size is a bull rider hat? Where six and a, six and a quarter. 
<laughs> small hand. So, Mark, I, I'm going to have to break my promise to you. I told you when we were, have guests on the show, we never put them on the spot. I'm going to I'm going to put you on the spot. And you believed him? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot now because our good good friend here, uh Bunker to France has a hat uh he has a hat uh, shaping technique and I'd love him to describe it to you and then you comment oh, yeah. on it, Bunker. Please please oh. tell him the story and then Mark you comment. Well, you okay. know you know, I've worked for 30 years as a professional stuntman and doing primarily horse work. And so invariably, you know, and most of the stuff you're doing is when you're doing stunts is you're an ND, nondescript ND. And so wardrobe will give you a hat. And mm-hmm. and as you know, when they're packing to go on location for the for the uh, nondescript people and the extras, they take a regular shipping box and they see how many hats they can get into it uh, mainly by jumping up and down on it and so they give you this hat that is just undescribable and you know I'm, I'm a dumb old country boy I love I love the cowboy life so what I would do is I would go out first thing I'd go up to the uh, caterer and I'd get me a nice big hot steaming cup of coffee and I'd pour it down into the crown and just let it seep through. And that would round out the crown, and then I would use a little coffee around the brim if the brim needed work. And that's basically how I would would recreate. And the wardrobe guys would come up and they'd go, uh, where'd you get that? That's not the hat I gave you. Where'd you get that hat? And I'd tell them, they'd go, oh. <laughs> that's a great story. So that's a great what do you think about that, Mark? <laughs> I I wouldn't be a bit surprised. I mean, I, that that sounds like uh, that sounds like a true story. I I can see that happening. I can see that happening. Well, I, I, can, well, I can guarantee you that if you decide to start using it, Bunker's going to be looking for a royalty. <laughs> I'm just going to say I want royalties when you start, you start doing, or at least you used to mention in the hat band, the caffeinated hat. <laughs> oh, you never use decaffeinated. Oh, yeah, never, no, no, never, no, never. no, no. They fall down. Mark, are there lots of uh, artists out there? And I, I'm going to call you guys artists because they are. of what you do uh yeah are there a lot of hat makers um or or you know we know the big companies stetson doesn't do that anymore it's all machine stuff and so individual hat makers are there a lot of them out there i mean there's a lot there's more than there's ever been i oh. mean now i mean you know just especially the pandemic you know the pandemic yeah created a lot of different things a lot sure. of different i think there's more uh jewelry makers there's more boot makers i or or, or, or per se right that Craftsman. you know that yeah they they it, 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 it a lot of people a lot of time on people's hands so the answer is yes yeah for sure i'm sure of it Jepler's up in phoenix for a long time till he passed away and mm-hmm. I, I don't mm-hmm. know if he still got the store or not but that was a great place. Mm-hmm. That was a great place to go because they they did all their, sh- their shaping and creasing right out there on the floor where the people could see it. Yeah, how, right. Mark, how do I clean my straw hat? Uh, there's there you is. Put it in a box and you ship it to Mark. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You can there's there's a couple of, it depends on what it is that you got on it but there's a couple of ways you can do it you can you know there's over the counter stuff that sell at, at, at boot stores and things that you it's, uh-huh. that it's it's I don't know what's in the, it's in a little spray bottle you can spray that on okay. just do a test before make sure you test it before you do spray it all over the hat <laughs> yeah yeah but I mean you know a little sponge and a little dawn soap you know but I mean okay. you know if you know but if you um but if you're if you're serious about it, you know you send it to a, you know a local hat guy and, yeah. and have them do it professionally. If it needs to be shaped or things, no. straw is a whole different animal. That's different. That's a different. That, that you, is. You know, I have I have a way of doing straws myself too. Yeah, you it's, throw it's them like, away. No, no, no. <laughs> Actually, yeah. what I yeah. would do a lot of times, depending on the straw and and what, right. what kind of materials is stiffeners in it, but I would take uh, steam iron. You know, like especially mm-hmm. if, the, if the brim got a little creaked in mm-hmm. it, put it mm-hmm. on there. And the other thing that I would do is I would take spray starch. Uh, Interesting. If it was starting to break down a little bit, yeah. stiffen it up. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, yeah. what is it? Uh, that there's different weaves of straw. I understand that. So, is that what makes them the, the uh, difficult? 
Well, I mean, it, you, it's hard to shape. You know, you can shape them, I, it, it, but if you know to do it properly, yeah. unless you have aluminum press, right? Mm. Straw hats are made, generally speaking, uh, by a machine. They're pressed on aluminum mold. It's got a male and a female. Mm-hmm. You can buy an open crown straw hat, and people can shape them by hand. The crown, right? Mm-hmm. And the brim, too. But generally speaking, uh, they're not as conducive to, to shaping as, as, um, as, uh, as felt hat, right? Mm-hmm. And it's got, it usually has a wire in the brim once the wire gets cockeyed, yep. unless you know how to take it out, replace the wire, uh, and sometimes when it gets bent out of whack, it's there. It, you know, unless you have a machine, mm-hmm. and sometimes not cost effective, mm-hmm. honestly. Right. What it takes for, I mean, do we can we do it. Yes, we do it. But um, to do it properly, the hat comes completely apart, and <laughs> wow. and it has to be. And you have to, and and you. I mean, there's a whole process. You have to. You take the shellac out of it. You soften it up. You clean it. You at you put it. You block it back in, on a machine that with that exact male and female component mm-hmm. and you reblock it and then you add shellac a type of stiffener to it i mean it's like building a new hat again wow. sometimes to refurbish straw hats generally speaking it's more than it's worth yeah i mean you just you know honestly forget about it buy a new one well, <laughs> yeah. they're so delicate in a sense mm-hmm. yeah i mean they're they, you can clean and block them there's no question i mean i i we have done it i've done it but again you have to to, you have to get the stiffening out of it first of all you got to make it you got to take the sweatband out you got to take this half band off you got to you got to clean it which, which sometimes entails that you have to take all that shellac off of it right mm-hmm. you clean it to back to where it was and you have to stiffen it then you have to block it again stiffen it again you know but if it's you know very very fine weave a lot of that's made out of shantung which is a type of straw you know and mm-hmm. it, it it can it, it can tear it can become damaged, you know. So a lot of times, it's it's better to, to try to just take care of them. Be, don't let them get to that distress. Or you, the other way is is to stress them down like hell, and then uh, then you got a nice uh, worn uh, cowboy looking uh, straw hat. Yeah, mm-hmm. with, with, <laughs> with, with, with that coffee, put a hot coffee in the crack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then you dunk your donut. But right. there's a great, there's a project you did. I think you probably really were proud of, and that was when you recreated the Abraham Lincoln stovepipe hat for oh, yeah. a permanent display at the yeah. Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum. That had to be really, I think, uh, a, a prideful moment. Way cool. Yeah. 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 Thank you. It was. Uh, yeah. It was wonderful. It was a. It was a. It was a privilege and an honor to be able to have that. Uh, that distinction to be able to do that and to be able for them to think that much of us and me to um to build that uh we built two of them and um uh, all the way to the specific details to the the one that he actually wore mm-hmm. all the way down to his thumb and his two his index fingers index finger and his middle mm-hmm. finger that pushed down the hat to take the brim the hat on and off we wow. had to, we had to wear those two those three spots down to the were the core of the felt, Interesting. so it it was um, actually just like identical to the one that he wore. That's awesome. Interesting. That's hmm. awesome. Well, I got a, I got a bit of trivia here for you. Uh, this is, deals with John Wayne's beret from the Green Beret. Uh, mm-hmm. That hat set a record price for a costume hat at one hundred and seventy nine thousand dollars, uh, and that was for the Heritage auctions. Has any of your hats gone for that kind of price? <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know that we, we have very limited editions that we haven't launched yet. You know, we have the hat for Russell Crowe from 310 to Yuma. Mm. It's got a very specific hat band that there's only 15 yards of that fabric. I don't know if you remember that movie, 310 mm-hmm. to Yuma, yes. but yep. there's a band that goes on the outside. That band, I have all 15 yards of it. We're going to be launching that. Wow. There's and I know people love that hat. There's a lot of stonework. There's a lot of beadwork on that on the hat band itself. And hmm. there'll only be limited edition. <laughs> that, that's it. That'll be so. But I don't know the answer. Is I'm not sure if there's. I mean, there's probably been some. I mean, I've worked on so many different uh, different things that you know that people. I know that the Hidalgo hat people like that, and they're they're after that as far as 
You like know, the bolts. There's, a, there's sometimes in Cowboys and Indians the magazine, and all the time in Boyd Major's uh, Western Clipping publications, he gives uh, sale prices for the auctions where mm-hmm. Western Western mm-hmm. stuff is selling, mm-hmm. and the hats are one of the top sellers. Yeah, you know, that especially you know like a, a hoppy hat, sure, or, or, yeah. or anything. Mm-hmm. And have you, have, do you know if any of your hats have come up for auction? Well, I could tell you that I'll tell you what what hasn't really gotten any traction yet, but it will. Is the hat I did for Clint Eastwood in Cry Macho? Uh, oh. It's very nondescript. It doesn't seem like much, but uh, that may be his last western. And I know that um, I can. Uh, there's photographs of my hat and with uh, all uh, a lot of the most of his movies in his office that probably go with that. Where they had the, the, the cry macho hat in the same is uh, mules with sister Sarah and uh, uh, the leather hat. Yeah, yeah. yeah there was a handful of hats that were in that photograph, and um, and the cry macho hat was one of those, uh, the one I made. So I don't. Maybe that might be at some point. But I mean, we've done a lot of different um, hats that haven't really come up for auction. I'm aware of. Uh, I know that the original hat I did for cry for. Uh, for um, for um, Russell Crowe, mm-hmm. I know that that one with his whole costume sold wow. pretty high. All right, we're going to do our final commercial break here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Mark Mejia is our guest of Baron Hats, Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts with you. We'll be back right after these important messages. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I, Miss Wilkinson, is now Wilkinson Wealth Management. 7411 East Tank of Verde in Tucson, 520-777-1911. Read classic Western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. We all make promises, big and small. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America 
I do solemnly swear to help you when you're in need to be considerate and caring to be your loving, faithful friend, partner, child, parent, neighbor. One of our most important commitments is to support our nation's veterans. Learn how you can help a veteran going through a difficult time by visiting maketheconnection.net. I've been riding range all my life. I never paid to ride across anybody's land. I don't reckon I'll be starting now. Come on, Lucky, we'll take the mountain trail. Yeah, I never had a hankering to associate with sneaking coyotes anyway. Why, you... Take it easy, cowboy. You'll just stick to your toe collecting. You might live to a ripe old age. This is the Voices of the West. My John B. Stetson was my only friend. We've stuck together through many a woman. So if it's her you Girl, but don't touch me. That's for you, Todd Roberts. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. We're back on Abel Francie's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts. A uh, bit of lie, I love it there. Don't touch my hat. Uh, but Mark Mejia is our guest of Baron Hats in uh, Los Angeles. And. Uh, my God! What else? Uh, what? 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 What's your? What else should we talk about? Well, you got your mouth full. No, bunker. that's all right. <laughs> I, I just wanted because I, I noticed again looking up stuff here that uh, you worked with uh, Clayton Moore on restoring several of his hats, and oh, we had cool. his daughter on yeah. a while back. And yeah, lovely lady, first of and, the year. And you know, Clayton's his stuff. A lot of his stuff shows up showed up on the auctions. Mm-hmm. They go for a bunch. Okay. Well, uh, let's see. I I, uh, I frequently vacation in California with Todd. Uh, so, Mark, uh, next time I'm out in California, I'm going to talk well, him into taking me over to your shop and uh, see what we can do. <laughs> in the meantime, it's uh, time for that uh, self-promotion stuff. What all is going on? Uh, talk yeah. about your website, uh, any events you got going on, and, and so forth. Um, I mean, you know, we, we we got a lot going on. We I could tell you that um, in the next very short period of time, we're going to be doing some, we make our own grain ribbon in-house. And so mm. we're going to be doing two-chord, three-chord, and four-chord bands very soon, which is in and, 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 and the color of your choice. And so we'll be able to uh, to make those, some of the older bands you can't find anymore, like mm. the three-chord and the four-chord bands that used to be on some of the old old west hats before yeah you know i i when i was looking at your website and i saw you make uh hats from the 30s and it's like wow <laughs> that's what i want yeah. and uh, well, I, I noticed you have some kind of partnership with a fellow over in italy for the ribbons we make it in-house we oh, actually i Todd, I, sh- I ran the machine for Todd. He was able to see it. I think he- it was absolutely fascinating. Uh, I mean, I'm watching something being made that uh, it, it, no one even knows that it's done. Hmm. They don't even know it even exists. And here he's making ribbon, and he's got well, the machine's got I don't know how many, but dozens of needles, and they're all going up and down, up and down, up and down, and they're weaving. And off the other side is coming a ribbon. Hmm. It's amazing. Wow. So we can so that just that is a, just on a side note for that 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 was all inspirational by a movie that's coming out called Wise Guys. That was the working title. Hmm. So we were able to make two and a half inch grain ribbon for, for Robert De Niro in a movie that's gonna be coming out. Huh. So we can make period ribbon uh-huh. that it's hard to find, grain ribbon huh. uh in wow. house, hundred percent rayon and, and multicolors. Or solid colors, so we can make that chunky, wide period ribbon that is almost impossible to find. Oh, I want to compliment you while I got the chance because, you know, I've got tons of hats, and one of the things that I've always had a problem with in the past with a lot of, especially hats that I got from the picture business, is the hat bands dry cracking, drying mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at some of your pictures, and you've got some beautiful. Uh, you know, the uh, hat band on the inside, just beautiful leather and nice engraving. And I wanted to ask you, because one of mm-hmm. them, 
One of them had uh, stamped on in there in gold letters, O-N-J Xanadu. What did that what, what did that stand for? I'm trying to think of what that was, what 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 movie that was for, or why we did that. Um, honestly, I have to. I'm not. I I don't. You know, we've done so many things, and on that particular one, I have to. I'd have to look okay. at it to see to be able to say. Well, I can um, understand that because when I was looking here, also, and it was good. I don't see my notes on it here now, but you had it's like 120,000 hat bands or hats that you made just. Over the years, by nineteen, by twenty ten, so that's like three times that by now. Yeah, it's hard wow. to keep track of everything, you know. And in some years are just crazy. And as far as westerns, you know, we, uh, you know, we did one year we did uh, the Ridiculous Six, the Hateful Eight, and the Magnificent Seven, all in the same. <laughs> so you think my head? You want to make your head spin? You know, keep all those hats straight. Yeah, all in the sure. same. All in the same. Uh, That's twelve months altogether. Yeah, twenty-one hats. <laughs> That's good. Mark Mejia, thank you so much for joining us uh, on uh, Saturday afternoon. Todd Roberts, thank you for finding Mark and He's a fun uh, guy. and convincing him to be on the show with us. Yeah, never <laughs> well, you again, Todd, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a listen. pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Oh, our, our pleasure. And by God, I, I will be out to see you when I, I, I vacation once again in California. Next time we get together on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, it's going to be Movie Saturday, and uh, we'll keep it a little bit of a surprise Mystery. for you. Yeah. Uh, 78. 79. 80-O's, you hatters. <laughs> so long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West. 